You are listening to Country Life with Morgan O'Flaherty on Westermark 102 FM. Welcome, you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. I'm your host, Morgan O'Flaherty, with Country Life for the the next hour, 45 minutes there, thereabouts. Um, full show again today. Brilliant. Look, it's going well. We're getting there. And, um, of course, we have the podcasts going. We have the bit of a YouTube channel going with the whole lot going and going according to plan. Um, but look, it could be always going a bit better. We could have more downloads, more subscribers, more whatever. But look, it's getting there and that's okay. We'll get there slowly but surely. Um, I suppose a big thank you um, last week to um, Machinery Pete. We had Machinery Pete on, on with us. Machinery Pete is, um, I suppose, he's an American, um, American organization, American company, American whatever you want to call him. He has, I suppose... Built up an unbelievably successful, um, what do I call it, business around <laughs> around machinery, around tractors, around this kind of stuff. And um, yeah, he came on with us. He spoke with us about some of the machines that are in America, some of the bigger tractors, some of the smaller tractors, some of the stuff that's making absolutely phenomenal, <laughs> frightening frightening money some of this stuff was making he spoke to us about some machinery with exceptionally low hours um he spoke to us about a john deere i think it was um a 4960 which had i think he said 14 hours on it it was packed up for 20 years um he spoke to us now to get uh, machinery pete very easy find him he's all over youtube just going to machinery pete and are to get him go onto his website www.machinerypeat.com and he's thousands and thousands of tractors available there for you to view or to get on or to to buy maybe who knows it might be something there for you and other than that of course machinery repeat in case you didn't miss it it's available in the podcast um it's available on, on our podcast there. Very easy find again. Just go into Morgan O'Flaherty Country Life on Google or whatever you want to use. And um, you'll get it up. And along with Machinery Pete, there's, I'm not too sure how many is there, but there's a good few podcasts like there's, um, there's a Ford tractor, there's a Ford car, the David Brown tractor, the Shamrock car, there's Fiat cars and tractors. There's the DeLorean, and of course my own favourite, the Belarus, or the Belarus tractor, the Nuffield tractor, um, William Morris, the founder of the Morris Motor Company, Massey Ferguson, the Vintage Ferguson, the Mercedes tractors, the Crop Cruisers, Farmer Phil, Tony Darmody from Killarney spoke to us on Rinald Cars, Brendan Griffin spoke to us on his his oil collection of oil cans, um, we also had Peter Love from um, from Tractor Machinery Magazine. Um, I'm trying to think who else do we have, and of course we had uh, Farm or Farmer Phil. We had Machinery Pete last week. They're all there. They're all available for you to download um, on the podcast. And maybe if you don't want to download them, um, 
you might have someone up the country or someone wherever that might have an interest in David Browns or Fords or Nuffields or they might have a DeLorean or they might be into vintage cars or Nuffields or whatever. Get on to it, share it, get on the link and send it on to them. And um, who knows, they might have some interest in it. Now, this week I spoke to Trevor Mitchell. Trevor Mitchell, you might remember him, he spoke to us, going back towards the end of last year, he spoke to us about William Morris and the Morris, the founder of the Morris Motor Company in, in the UK, Morris Minor, of course, I think he went into become the Mini and the Mini is part of BMW now and so on and so forth, we spoke all about that. Um, Trevor comes from a, a very, very good pedigree of car lovers and everything. Trevor has, of course, they have a museum in Kilgarvan, down down in South Kerry, just down below, kind of down up the back of Killarney, we call it, on your way to Kilmare. Um, fantastic museum. I've been there several times. Um, it's some place that you can go and go again. Um, I went there and I met his, Trevor's father and just a mind of information. He, we walked around the whole museum with him and every car, every there's a couple of tractors there, everything inside in the museum, he had a story with him. And it was fantastic. It was just absolutely brilliant. It was, it it was very what I call it. It was a very, um, I don't know what the word to use is, but it it was very educational, I suppose we'd put it. And like I said, now I spoke to Trevor earlier on in the week. Trevor spoke to me about what he taught, I suppose what he taught, and what what's fact and whatever, what makes a vintage car, what makes a vintage car. What qualifies it to be a vintage car? What you need to have? And I suppose he talked to us a small bit as well about buying a vintage car and maybe buying your first vintage car if that was something that you were considering. Um, here's what Trevor had to say. Like I said, I spoke to Trevor earlier on in the week. I hope you enjoyed it. And um, we'll talk to you after. <laughs> Trevor, how are you doing? Hi Morgan, how are you? Trevor, thanks for coming on with us. Um, I, I don't, you, you, you were on before talking about the Morris, the Morris cars, but thanks for coming on with us again. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me back. You know, brother, we're, we're delighted to have you. Absolutely delighted. You're, you're, you're a mind of information. <laughs> well, hopefully, I'm not sure, but uh, hopefully we've some bit of useful information anyway for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor, I suppose we, we were talking about this before, and we talked about it, and I suppose. Um, what we decided we talk about what what makes a vintage car, or what what makes a classic car, or I suppose how old do they have to be? Because, look, sure, I do I do it myself. You go onto the internet there, and you'll be searching through vintage cars, and there's cars up there to me that are not vintage, <laughs> possibly would never be vintage. That they, but people think because they're I suppose maybe might be a convertible or something they can put it in the vintage section but um i suppose in your we'll say in your expert opinion you're below in kilgarvan there you're dealing with vintage cars the whole time um i suppose what's your outlook on what makes a classic car first of all i suppose in a vintage car then uh yeah, it's hard to define a classic car, really. Um, generally, it has to be something a little bit special, so special in the day, you know, the people have fond memories of. Um, 
it is hard to define a classic car. Everyone does have their own view of what a classic car is. Yeah. Uh, I would say, um, you know, it's probably easier to define define a, a vintage car if we go by the, the government uh, outline of it, which is any vehicle that is over 30 years old is regarded as a vintage car uh, by the, the motor tax office. All right, um, okay. Even though um, the word vintage is probably the wrong term to use for the sort of cars that the majority of people have, but it's what we're, we've been stuck with, so we'll have to kind of use that. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you, if you actually go to the Irish, Veter Irish Veteran and Vintage Car Club website, um, they're a car club that was set up in 1963 in Dublin for old cars. Right, okay. And they have a list of categories for, uh, for old cars. And their categories are, you have a veteran car, which is anything up to 1918. The next category then is vintage, which goes from 1919 to 1930. All right, okay, yes. Then um, you had post-vintage, which was 1931 to 1945. Yeah. And then um, what they call a classic is from 1946 up to 1990. All right, okay. I know, I know these categories were probably set out a good few years ago, so they probably need a small little bit of adjusting, but yeah. um, we're still, still uh, uh, usable today. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I suppose, Trevor, then, is every car, you were saying they are 30, is it 30 years, you said? Um, yeah. Is every car, then, once they hit the 30-year mark, are they considered, are they considered, I suppose, for vintage insurance, or, and so on, vintage tax, and so on? Uh, they're certainly considered for vintage tax, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Once it hits the thirty years old, um, you know it will be it will qualify for the vintage tax, which in Ireland now is uh, is fifty six euros a year. Brilliant. Okay. Um, um, insurance then it does vary quite a bit from from company to company and from ca car to car, but pretty much everything at thirty years old is still qualify for vintage insurance. All right. Okay. Yes. Um, in fact, you know. Most things over twenty five years of it, twenty five years of age, will qualify for a classic insurance. All right, okay. And is there much of a difference in? Um, I suppose it depends on the company and everything else. But is there much of a difference between vintage insurance and classic insurance? Uh, not really. No, uh, they both they all work on the same sort of rules and guidelines. Um, you basically have to have uh, an everyday car that you have um, that is insured, or is at least you're insured on to drive. All right, okay, so, so it is. You know, it will be you know for occasional use. You're on limited mileage as well, possibly four to five thousand miles a year. Right. Yes. So you, um, and also you have to be over the age of twenty-five as well. Right. So you can't go in so and buy um a, whatever a four-point-two Rolls-Royce or a Jaguar and and insure it for, we'll say, €200 Euro and tax it for €56, Euro, that's not going to happen for you? Uh, not unless you, ha you have to have um, an everyday car as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, an yeah. or the use of an everyday car. You know, some cases now, if you drive a company car, that will often do. It does depend very much on the insurance company. Some of them, they all have slightly different uh, guidelines. Yeah. Uh, vintage and classic insurance is for occasional use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that yeah. So I, I presume you'd probably get away with it is if if your wife 
or if the husband, it don't matter who, had a, a better car, a more modern car, you you could you could argue you have the use of that, but you could oh, use... yeah, 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 if you're insured on it, any vehicle that you're insured on, um, yeah. uh, normally they, uh, it's just that's to your primary vehicle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you are limited on miles as well, you're kind of, uh, from three to 5,000 miles a year, so I think most insurance companies um, recommend that you do in your classic. And realistically, no one's going to do more than that anyway. No, you're not. No, 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 definitely not. And I suppose, Trevor, look, we, I suppose I still have it. I know we were saying they are up until 1990. But I still, mm-hmm. when I go to the shows, and no, absolutely no disrespect to any of the young fellas listening that have these cars, but I still can't get over the fact that there's Toyota Starlets and uh, do they call them the Glanzas or whatever they're called? Yeah. Or, or the Cleanie. Yeah. I still can't get over the fact that these are these are now being considered vintage cars. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is hard to get your head around, but um, at the same time, it's great to see people. Uh, cherishing these cars, minding them, putting mm-hmm. the effort in to maintain them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, you know, you have to start somewhere and someday these cars will be 15, 60 years old. They will, yeah. They will. Yeah. And actually, I remember a story that um, uh, Tom Heavey from the, the editor uh, of the Irish Vintage Scene magazine told me some years ago. Um, he has a Mark I Escort, which he has for a long, long time. I think he bought it, he bought it in, in about the mid-90s anyway. Right, yes. At that stage, the car was actually only about 24, 25 years old. But, mm. you know, being a Mark I Escort, as you know, they were still still always kind of considered something a little bit different anyway. Yeah, yeah. But we went to some show somewhere, and, uh, you know, the vintage show, and he had, he had a little bit of difficulty getting in the gate, because first in the gate, you know, recognised as a Mark I Escort, but, you know, that's not a vintage car, you're not coming in here with yeah, it. Yeah, 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 you remember trying to get in for free. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And, um, you know, it's the same with uh, somebody with a, a Toyota Starlet or a Carina or or whatever. No, I mean, it's, you know, nowadays a Mark Wood Escort is certainly uh, regarded as one that, you know, as a, a very desirable classic or vintage car. But, yeah, you know, sure. it's not that long ago when, you know, somebody looked down on it. Yeah, sure. I can think back there, Joe, you know, when you were on about that filling out, Tom. I, I remember going back and a good friend of mine, he, he passed away since, and every Thursday when the local newspaper would come out, his mother would bring the newspaper with her from the creamery. And we'd go, we'd go trawling through the newspaper looking for Mark II escorts. Yeah. And I remember this time there was a Mark II escort in Kilflin, in, uh, just outside North Kerry, just outside Trulli, and we said, yeah, we're going to buy it. So we rang the man, and we, of course, we rang him with the landline. There was no mobiles or nothing, and no. I think we bought the car off him for about seventy pounds. Mm-hmm. And we bought the car home, and we drove the car around. It was a silage field, and we drove it around the silage field about two hundred times. And yeah. I've no idea what happened to the car in the finish. I think it probably got buried or it was used in banger racing or something. <laughs> some sort. Some yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I suppose. The other hand, in, if we didn't do that, they wouldn't be as rare and as valuable as they are today. <laughs> well, that is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Do, you certainly need to remove a large percentage of them out of the equation before the last few are, are worth anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I suppose, Trevor, yeah. kind of maybe going away from that a small bit, we, we, we still talk vintage cars, but I suppose is uh, the older vintage cars, which, uh, well, I suppose the very, very old ones, the Model Ts and all that, but the 1930s yeah. and yeah. 40s car, yeah. is, is, the, is the desire for them uh, kind of weaning off a small bit as the years move on? It is, yeah, yeah. Um, certainly, the much older stuff is still uh, a, a bit of interest in it. But yeah, cars in the 30s, 40s, 50s, um, not as desirable, you know. They're yeah. Certainly, the, the more ordinary cars, anyway. Um, you know, a special car from any era is always uh, desirable, but uh, the more average family cars from, from those days. Uh, but not as desirable to most people, you know. The younger people certainly don't look back beyond what their parents had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is something, you know, back to the 1980s now, maybe maybe the 70s, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, very yeah. few people kind of have a desire for, um, you know, a 1948 um, Daimler Conquest or a 1951 uh, uh, Morris Oxford. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, they're, they're not there. Of course, like, what what's coming up now? It seems to be, in my very meagre opinion, is is starting to make the money. Is the you know, the older the Volkswagens? Yeah. Not, yeah. not even the Beatles now, but we'll say even some of the very early Jettas or the the Polos yeah. and all. Yeah, that yeah, kind yeah of stuff. they're getting uh, getting quite desirable because again they have a their car that were very very popular for a while, but they have you know pretty much disappeared. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know they're quite still quite affordable to buy, and parts are still quite readily available for for certain cars like that. Not everything, but um, the Volkswagen range is quite well catered for in uh, in spare parts. Yeah, yeah, over those Yeah, and of course we can go from Volkswagen, then you can jump to Opel. Opel are after Opel. Are, like I remember my father. I remember having Opels and there was nothing taught of them. I remember him having Opel Cadets and there yeah. were Opel Asconas. I remember a, na- a neighbour of ours, a good friend of ours, had an Opel Record and there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing taught of them. But if you could no. get if you could get a, lo- a nice Opel Record now, you'd be mm-hmm. you you you'd be on the pig's back like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite a, uh, uh, quite a good um, Opel Vauxhall club in Ireland now, and uh, it would surprise you what actually does turn up at those events. Yeah, yeah. And the cars that you would not have seen for a long, long time, like an Opel Record. Now you would look twice at one now because you haven't seen them in a long time, and even the the first of the the Opel Courses and uh, and the Cadets as well. There, you know, they are in small numbers, so you will you certainly will look at them uh, a second time now. Yeah, of course they were fabulous cars too. Was I remember that neighbour of ours, um, Pat McKenna was his name, and he had a, a it was a maroony red coloured Opel Opel record. And I remember, I think, at the best of my knowledge, I think there was kind of a creamy coloured leather, uh, leatherette or leather interior in the car. Yeah. Like th- this, yeah. This was a fabulous car for the late seventies, probably very early eighties. This was. Um, oh yeah. This was a beautiful yeah. car. Like, there's no modern car, no standard modern car out of your out of your forecourt going to be as nice as what this car was. No, no, I quite agree there. Um, cars, cars nowadays, even the last twenty years, 
everything pretty much looks the same. There's nothing. They don't stand out. No, they don't. And I suppose, and that's probably that's probably one of the reasons now why you know we sort of kind of look at uh, at nineties cars with a little bit of disdain at a show because um, they don't quite catch the eye unless you are a car person. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. To the to the average person now who doesn't have an interest in cars and uh, you know they look around at a car run and you see you know eighties and nineties cars passing by they. They don't have the, quite the same appeal as the, the 50s and 60s cars. No, they don't, yes. They don't look a whole lot, they don't look a whole lot different from um, from more recent cars, so it's hard to tell the difference apart unless you do know your cars and you're into cars. Yeah, it does, yeah. And even there, um, my wife, going back about two years ago, she had um, an Opel Astra, and the engine, mm-hmm. the diesel Opel Astra, the engine went in it, and I tried to get an engine. I got an engine in the finish. But I think it was an engine out of a Peugeot. Mm-hmm. And I was told after, it's the same engine in the Peugeot, the same engine in the feet, and they had the whole lot, you know, it was just a different alternator, a different water pump, yeah. and yeah. they were all more or less the same. And the bodywork is the same in a lot of them. I'm sure some of them Citroen vans are the same as the Peugeots, and so on and so yeah. forth. Yeah, yeah. But it still all has a, you know, quite a quite bland styling. Yeah. You know, if you think back to the 1960s now, where you've got a you know, Ford, Ford Angus now with that distinctive rear window yeah. and then you had Humber Scepters with it or um, twin headlights and a big wraparound windscreen and then you had um, uh, Mark 1 Cortina with its its round tail lights and yeah. they all had all distinguishing features. Yeah, but I suppose, you see, I suppose, like I said, in my very meagre opinion, what's happening now, the fellas that are designing the cars, they're all going into a wind tunnel and yeah. they're, no matter whether you're Toyota or Ford or Mazda or Volkswagen or Volvo, and you go into, no matter what wind tunnel you go into in the world, mm-hmm. you're all, they're all coming out with the same results. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. cars are going to be all very much designed around very, very similar results. That's it. Yeah, they're all a rugby ball shape with, a, with different features on the corners. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of about it. And... Yeah. Health, health and safety and everything now and they're they're all kind of the same standard yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but uh, even 20 years time you see a road going along the road you won't look at them the same way they don't catch your attention the same way that um, uh, a row of um, you know Ford Poplars and Prefect yeah. and, um, and Morris 8 and you know anything with uh, running boards and, and uh, separate headlights will Will catch your attention. That, that will catch your attention, like and like yeah, all. Yeah. Even if you're not a car person, you will stop and look. You, you know, just because they're so different. Yeah, all, the chrome and everything, and the side skirts. Yeah. That's all. That's all gone, and I don't know. I'm sure, yeah. that's it. Trevor, if you could stay with us another while, we we might just take a quick ad break, if that's okay with yourself. Yeah. Okay. We'll come back to you, guys. You're tuned to Western Mac 102 FM. I'm Morgan O'Flaherty. We're talking to. Trevor Mitchell this morning about what makes or what is a, a, a vintage or a classic car. How are you doing, folks? You're very welcome back. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. I'm your host this morning, Morgan O'Flaherty with Country Life. On the phone with us this morning, we're talking to Trevor, Trevor Mitchell from Kilgarvan. Um, Trevor's talking to us about a vintage car or, or what makes a vintage car or what is a vintage car Trevor before the, we went to the ad break there we were we were talking about I suppose 
vintage insurance and vintage tax and all this. Um, we say if some fella is driving around in a car this minute and he or he wants to buy a vintage car and it's going to be vintage in a year or two years or something, how do you go about, do you have to get it registered to make it vintage or, or what happens or what's the process there? Uh, yes, you do, yeah. Um, like I said earlier, uh, a car will only be eligible for vintage tax once it's um, it's 30 years or over mm-hmm. in age. Uh, in order to get this, um, you actually have to apply to the motor tax office to change the classification from private to vintage category. All right, okay, yes. Um, how you do this now, you actually have to uh, get a form or you can download it off the um, Motorfax website mm-hmm. and that is an RF111. It's a change of particulars form. Right, okay. It's a, multi- it's a multi-use form that is um, that can be used for uh, different changes to a vehicle, whether you're changing something commercial to a private vehicle or such a thing. So there's about four, there's about four pages to it, but there's actually only a very small section where you just have to write in your changing category to uh, vintage. All right, okay, you fill, yes. You fill in all the details and you send it off to the motor tax office. Uh, but of course, you can only get vintage tax um, on the month that your car was first registered. All right, so, okay. So if you have a 1991 car now, um, it's 30, 30 years old this year. But it wasn't registered until November, then you will not get tax until November. You won't yes. get vintage tax until November. I know what you mean. Yeah, it has to be kind of on, so, the, on the date it was, on, it was on registered. The month, yeah, on the month of first registration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I suppose insurance then will follow the tax, or the tax will follow the insurance. And um, can, you, can anybody then just apply once it's 30 years old? You can apply for vintage insurance. Uh, you can, but... Um, most uh, insurance companies now require you to be a member, uh, an active member of a vintage club. All right, okay, so yes. You'll have to join. you have to join the vintage club um, if there's one in your area, or you know, somewhere in the. It doesn't matter where in the country. Uh, the vintage club has to be affiliated to um, to uh, a larger club. Right. And as far as I'm aware, now there's only three clubs that do affiliation. Mm-hmm. The first one is the Irish Veteran and Vintage Car Club. Yeah. Um, the next one is the Vi- IVETA, which is what um, Vintage Engine and Tractor Association. Yeah. And then you have the IVS, which is the Irish Vintage Society. And your the small local clubs always have to be affiliated to some one of these um, main clubs. All right. Okay. Okay. Of course. And you'll, get, you'll normally get um, a membership number back from those. Yeah. That, uh, the insurance company will ask you know for your club membership number, and you will give them that number, and then. Uh, they will grant you. Um, they will uh, take you on as a on for vintage insurance on your vintage or plastic vehicle. All right. Okay. No, I do. I don't know what club is available in Limerick there, but I know that there's a great club there in Kerry. Trevor, the name of it. It's is it the Kingdom Veteran Vintage Car Club? Am it I is. Right? That's correct. Yeah. 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 Um, also in Limerick, I think you have a you have a West Limerick uh, Vintage Club as well. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, also, in Limerick City, you have the Limerick Classic Classic Car Club. So, there's numerous clubs. Yeah, just to make, but make again, sure... Not too hard to find any. Make sure they're affili- affiliated to a, a affiliated. larger Yeah, club. exactly, yeah. And, um, yeah. and there'll be no problems there. There'll be no, no problems. No, no. I suppose, Trevor, we, we, we spoke there about 
about texting texting your your car or texting your whatever but um i suppose no i didn't realize this until very very recently um in the uk the the vintage cars are tax exempt um that's correct yeah no, the, the theory behind it is that, that my friend told me is because he said that the government felt, no, they did, they did campaign to the government for a long time, but they said the government felt that there was so much money, these vintage car clubs and all, they do so much fundraising for good charities around the place. They said that the government were, it was kind of the government's way of giving them back a, a thank you. But I suppose, do you? I suppose. Well, I feel definitely it's something that should be looked at here. But what's your theory on it, Trevor? Yeah, it's a, it's a nice idea. Um, I mean, we are very lucky. We have our vintage tax anyway, and it was something that um, uh, the Irish Veteran of Vintage Car Club lobbied for for a good few years. Yeah. Uh, with help from other people as well, because until then, you know, vintage cars had to be taxed at at the normal road tax rate. And uh, which was uh, quite extortionate if you have a large engine vehicle. Yeah, it would of course. Oh, um, yeah, we are lucky to have a vintage tax, and um, yeah, it would be nice to be recognised and uh, appreciated for all the work that the the clubs do and the, and the car owners do to raise money for charity. So but, we, we we might get the movement going here, folks. That um, get onto your local politicians and, and maybe leave them alone at the moment in the middle of COVID and all this. But when they come knocking at your door, um, ask them about all the money that that you, even you or whoever. Like if yeah. you're going into a show to see a vintage car, you you're donating to a charity as well. So that's correct. Yeah. Maybe get onto them and ask them. Could, will they do something about it? So you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yes, it's worth a try anyway. It's worth a try. If you don't try, you won't yeah. succeed. That's it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I suppose, Trevor, then, I suppose, um, we're talking about vintage cars and everything else. And uh, the bu- the buying of a vintage car or the buying of a classic car, um, what would you recommend? I suppose we won't recommend brands because everyone has their own brand or their own... Exactly, yeah. But, yeah. like... Going out into a shed and maybe find a car that's thrown inside in the shed with the last 25 years um, and you buy it for five or six hundred euros or whatever the price may be, would you recommend that to someone or, or what would you be thinking? Uh, that is down to the, the person's skills, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, restoring a vintage car is a, is a fairly major uh, project and you really do need a well-equipped workshop and plenty of experience to restore a car that's been um, off the road for many, many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You can can pay someone to do it, but really, uh, the car won't be quite valuable in order to justify paying labour and parts to get something restored. Yes. Uh, An example now... Uh, we'll just take something like a 1980s Mark II Golf. Right, yeah. Nice car. Car. Uh, you wouldn't buy one of those. Um, you go and buy like a 1300 five-door Golf and you bring it home and, uh, you know, it'll probably need, might need a couple of wings, maybe sills, and then it'll need respraying and then it'll probably need an exhaust, other bits and pieces. And you could easily spend, you know, if you're paying someone else, you could easily spend maybe five or 6,000 euros. Yes. To somebody to do that. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, you know, realistically, the car probably is not worth that. You try to sell it in the morning, you know, you know, it's probably a three or four thousand euro car, regardless yeah. of how it looks. Yeah, correct. Yeah. You go and buy a Golf GTI of the same age, it costs the same money to put wings, doors, sills, and paint it. Yes. But you have a car, you know, that's probably worth eight or nine thousand euros. Right, yes. You want to try to sell that, um, you will have plenty of inquiries, and you will probably get, you'll you certainly get what you put into it anyway. Yeah. yeah. So you just need to choose the right car as well. If you are uh, if you are having to pay somebody to do all the work, you've got to, you know, think a little bit ahead as well and choose a car that, um, that if you want to sell in a few years' time, will there be demand for it, and will you get the most of your money back you're not going to make money on no, on classic no, no. cars or vintage cars doing them up and selling them but uh, you don't want to lose your short either on it no definitely not if you can at all you'll break even yeah, Until yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying that you should um, yeah. ignore all all basic models of cars and the least valuable versions because they all need to be saved as well but yeah. there's possibly someone out there who has the skills to do it themselves and they can't afford to do it Yes. A smaller money and therefore save that car. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you, under, if you understand where I'm coming from. But I suppose someone now, Trevor, will say like myself, um, they might be considering buying a, a vintage car and you're looking there on the different websites or whatever. But d- d- probably have some bit of very basic maintenance skills. I wouldn't have the skills to go welding or changing sills and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But like... I suppose at the same time, then you don't you don't have the money to buy a five or six thousand euro car, um, <laughs> but I don't want to buy a five hundred euro car because I, as much as I think I'm going to do it, I know in my heart and soul I never will be able to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you any kind of recommendations for someone? We we'll say in that in that kind of I suppose ballpark or in that situation. Um, as in car make or I suppose yeah, car make yeah. Or, or, or or I suppose what would you recommend? I suppose oh, I suppose yeah. like a man I said, a, need to, a rolling project. Need to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, rolling projects are out there. Um, what I find in this country, especially, everything is rusty and everything does need respraying. <laughs> Yeah, 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 <laughs> that is, yeah, that yeah. is the biggest expense in any car. Um, mechanical work and the majority of um, of of, uh, of cars is normally the is the is normally the easiest thing to do. It certainly, you know, will not cost as much money as uh, as paintwork and and welding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I so suppose you do need to try and find the car with the. <laughs> In the best bodywork condition, anyway. Yeah, yeah. There are cars there that you know have been sitting idle for a few years and will need brakes doing and possibly clutch doing and will require tires and and may even need a little bit of paintwork. But uh, um, when you get into full resprays, that's just where that is where the money goes. Yeah, well, like even you said there, you said like it'll require if a car require tires, like minimum you're going to spend is fifty euros. On a tire, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's two hundred and fifty euros. It is, yeah, but that's they are keeping you off the ground, so uh, yeah, they're yeah. probably wise investment. They are, yeah, <laughs> they issue really. If you consider the amount of mileage a tire can do, uh, they're good value. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, no, it is hard to kind of recommend something. Um, you probably do need to look at your budget, look at your skills. Yes. Um, also, you you know, if you're buying a classic car, you really need storage. You need to keep you it do. undercover. You do, yeah. yeah. You do, yeah. Yeah. Unless it's unless it's you know even something up into the 1990s. At this stage of life, now they need to be mined and a bit kept in out of the wet. Yeah, correct. Because uh, the least the less you use a car. Um, and standing outside, the more chance of water gathering and lodging in places and starting rust. Yes. A yeah. car that's used every day, you know, it doesn't bother getting wet because, you know, two or three miles down the road, the wind has blown rain and the dampness out of the corners, the engine has warmed up, the inside has warmed up, yeah. um, the metal yeah. becomes dry. Yeah. And we said to someone there now that might be listening and they're thinking about... Um, that they are going to buy or thinking about buying a classic car or or, or whatever a vintage car, in yeah. your, in your opinion, what's the next, uh, what's the next line of cars that are going to become collectible? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's a hard hard thing to answer. Yeah, it's a, how long is a piece of string really? Exactly, yeah, but, yeah. We said what's the, next week's the last. Lot of, what's next week's lot of numbers? Yeah. If you know yeah. him, take some on um, to me there. <laughs> um, I suppose in my opinion, uh, cars do need to be some little bit special, you know, be it a sporting version of of a car um, or maybe a fairly luxury car. Yes. Generally, you could have family saloon cars, family five-door hatchbacks, um, those everyday car. Uh, they're never going to be terribly valuable. Yeah, no, they're not, yeah. no, like, no. I mean, they need to be saved as well because people still associate with with, with cars that our family had, but um, they probably won't be investments. Yes. At the moment, though, things like, like GTIs, uh, Golf GTIs, Peugeot 205 GTIs are actually climbing quite well in value, you know, in the, compared to a few years ago. Right, yes, there's more being taught. Other sporty type cars from... You know, sort of like the nineties upwards. Yeah, but I suppose they are, are definitely more collectible anyway. Yeah, but I suppose then when you go down the likes of even that Peugeot, the two hundred five, the GTI, they're, they're they look the same. They look whatever, but the the GTI badge is going to make them a bit more desirable. Yeah, but I yeah, yeah. Then you see you're going to be putting them into the shade, and of course you have what you didn't have twenty years ago or twenty years earlier. You have a heap of electrics. Yeah. And I suppose you have electric windows. You probably have, there's probably other stuff. There's electric, electronic ignition, probably in a lot of them. Yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, ECUs. Um, cars like that really need to be bought in running order. Um, the project, you know, a major project has been a, that's been abandoned for, for five and six years out in the wet or inside in the poor conditions. It's probably best to be avoided, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I um, suppose... They're, they're, not, they're, they're not that old that you can find one in yes. driving order somewhere. Correct. And I suppose another thing for people that might be going looking at a car, and one thing I do myself when I'm going looking at a tractor or going looking at whatever, I'll always look at the conditions of where it is. Yeah, like yeah. If you're going to buy a car or, or or whatever and the car is sitting inside in, in the corner of a yard and you know by looking around the wheels this car hasn't been moved in, in 12 months or maybe a couple mm-hmm. of years or if it's sitting yeah. up in grass 
Yeah. You can take a fair bet that the underneath of it is, is, is probably fairly toasted at this stage. Yeah, exactly. It's certainly going to need quite a lot of work, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, you do need to look at, at conditions of the vehicle. Yeah. Another thing also to watch when you are buying a project as well, um, you know, is that, you know, the, the, there's paperwork with the car. You need to see the, the registration document. Oh, yeah, textbooks and whatever. You know, yeah. textbooks, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it is quite a pro- it's very difficult to get a, a textbook now for a vehicle. If, yes. it's, if it's lost, really the only person who can uh, get a, uh, the registration cert is the owner. Yes. But a lot of cases, you know, a project moves from one person to another person, yeah. and there might be five owners back to it that actually was a registered owner, and the paperwork is lost now. So, um, yeah, yeah. Reasons like that. Should, you know, the needle won't be avoided, or they won't be got very, very cheap because, you know, there's a possibility it's only going to be a, a donor car or a parts car. Yeah, because and I suppose a bit of warning for people, no matter how honest you think the person is, or, or yeah. if they tell you it's going to be in the post, yeah, be very wary because yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. It's... If you don't see it on the date, um, you know, don't hand over money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just and even if you do see it on the day, double check that it actually matches the car. It's the same like buying a buying a modern car, new car, you know. Check your chassis number. Check the chassis number. Check the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the number plate yeah. isn't isn't often isn't just enough. Like you know, no, 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 no. Um, you know, number plate may may not be correct at all, and it may not match the chassis number. So you need to do a little bit of homework as well, and uh, have your eyes open when looking at a car. Yeah, and of course, and if you're going to see a car, you you need to take something else with you as well, just yes. to, you know, another pair of eyes that mightn't. Um, uh, they mightn't be as love struck as you are yeah, of your new yeah. project. And I suppose another thing that might be no harm for people um, to do when they are going looking at a car, no matter how old the car is, do do a background check in the car. Yeah, if possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it depends, you know, on on how recently the car was taxed. I suppose yeah. um, they only go back so far. Yeah, but it, it, well, you need to do a bit of homework on yeah. um, on the on the model and specification, and you know, and uh, but you know, generally, if the if the person has the the registration document in the car and it matches the car, then yes, it's going to be it's going to be fairly safe. It's not going to be stolen, and yeah, yeah you know, and yeah. the cars we're going to be looking looking at now, there won't be horror purchase or or <laughs> payments no, due no, on it. No. No. No, definitely not. Not at twenty five yeah. and thirty years old, anyway. No, 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 no forty years old. So yeah, yeah. Um, Trevor, if it's uh, okay with yourself, we might take another quick ad break, and um, yeah, if you could stay with us for a few more minutes, we'd appreciate that. Okay. Perfect, Trevor. Thank you, guys. You're tuned to West Limerick one or two FM. I'm your host, Morgan O'Flaherty. We're on this morning here with Trevor Mitchell, and we're discussing, I suppose, what makes a vintage car, what is a vintage car, and what buying a vintage car, and so on. We'll be back to you after this. How are you doing, folks? You're very welcome back. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. I'm your host, Morgan O'Flaherty. This morning we have Trevor Mitchell. And Trevor, we're talking to Trevor about, I suppose, what makes a vintage car and, I suppose, restoring a vintage car and make different makes and different brands. Trevor, I suppose, I suppose we've been talking about tax and insurance and buying a car and looking at a car and all that we'll say 
you have the car bought now and you have the car at home and the car's inside in the shed and, and the car needs a couple of bits and pieces are you better off to kind of try and if you can buy I suppose second hand parts or are you better off to go away and try and get spurious parts or what's your uh, what's your opinion on the whole matter entirely on the car yeah. um, some some makes the car very very well catered for in spare parts I mean British cars especially uh, you take um, you know Morris Miners MGs uh, Land Rovers yeah. um, Jaguars uh, even Triumphs you know pretty much everything Minis you know everything is available um, new for them if you're into, into Japanese cars now, it can be a different story. Um, Toyotas probably aren't too bad, but, you know, if you have something like a, a 1981 Honda Civic, um, I'd say you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, parts will be very, very limited, secondhand and, and new. You'll probably get service items, brake pads, steering joints, filters, okay. Uh, body panels, I would say, would probably be very, very much non-existent new. So your only option would be to try and find second-hand panels, and that's yeah. it. Provided you can't repair what you have already. Yeah, and at that point, if the car was nineteen eighty or nineteen eighty-one, um, mm-hmm. most scrapyards are going to have them bailed at that stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you go to scrapyard now, and you will, you will literally struggle to get parts for a twenty-year-old car because they have them, yeah. they have them bailed and, and crushed. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you kind of you do need to think a little bit about what you're actually buying as well. Yes, I suppose so. Part availability. Um, if you're buying a, you know, if you're buying a restore car or at least a, a rolling project that's you know in running order needs tidying, it's not so bad. Um, but you do need to be checking likes of eBay now for for bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. And like- even even buy buy bits if you don't need them. You know, if they come at handy money, yes. um, you know, if service items, be it a, you know, a head gasket or a, a brake pads or, um, you know, a clutch or anything like that, you know, if you go to a lot of vintage shows now during the year, they often have an auto jumble section and there's somebody there selling a bit of old, new old stock parts from a motor factor or a garage and uh, yeah. uh, they'll often have bits and pieces and, uh, you know, if they're for your car, if you don't need them, buy them because... Uh, they may not be there again and if you come to sell your car in a few years time and somebody asks well where will I get parts for it and you you hand them a little box of bits and pieces yeah you know yeah. And, uh, it could be the, the difference of selling the car or not selling the car if he goes away with a hundred quid worth of, uh, of new parts inside in a box yeah it'll make your car that bit more desirable it will yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to say um, t- talking of parts then I suppose you were saying the English cars, the Triumphs and the, the Morrises and all them, yeah. and the parts are very, very much available for them. Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, um, do you know, a small There are specialists, you know, there are specialists for, for most classic cars out there, Opel stuff as well, they all have their, uh, their, spe- their specialists, do take a little bit more searching to find them, but you'll still get stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ford. Ford is quite well catered for in, especially in body panels and mechanical bits. Yeah, yeah. But, but actually, the, the newer the car, the often harder it is to get bits and pieces for. All right, okay. Certainly, 
eighties and nineties cars. Now I think you would you certainly would struggle to get um, um, body parts, um, you know, trim parts such as bumpers, grills, headlights, taillights. Yes. You know, you really will be just depending on on second hand parts in a lot of cases for 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 newer classics. So you you could end up you could end up with kind of two or three cars at the back of the shed to to get one car kind of. Kind of yeah, 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 it's a, it's often an option, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah, have yeah. the space, there's nothing, nothing wrong with a donor car because there's always going to be something on it. There is, yeah, and you know, even if you only wanted one or two pieces of it, there's going yeah. to be somebody else that wants one or two pieces as well. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, always... Sometimes it might be something as silly as a special bolt. I mean, you <laughs> you break a bolt, you lose a bolt out of some part of the car, and. Uh, Yes. You know, if you go to a donor car, you're more than likely going to have it there. Yeah, 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 without a shadow of a doubt. And it's there for you yeah. and it's yours. Yeah. It is, yeah. And um, I suppose, in Trevor, I suppose we were talking about cars. We say you have your car bought now, you have the car restored, and you're happy with the car, and the car is going and driving and everything else. But we, what about NCTs then? What are we going to do with with NCTs? Um, I know that you still have to NCT your car up till thirty years. You do, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And from thirty years to forty years, uh, uh, you still have to NCT it, but it's every two years. All right, okay. And uh, when a car car reaches forty years old, it's now exempt from NCT. All right, okay. I didn't realise that. Same will also apply if you have um if you have a, if you have a, a vintage commercial vehicle such as a vintage Land Rover or a vintage van. If you're not mm. using it for for business purposes, yes, uh, the same rules apply. You will get your you will get a two year NCT, um, between thirty and forty years or two year two year CVRT okay. uh, between thirty and forty years. I would say that well. I suppose like. If you carry, if I carry my car for the NCT, which is it's actually due in March, um, yeah. are they a strict? Which we call it a, a modern enough car, or are, are, are they just as strict with a twenty, with a thirty-two or three-year-old car as they are with a ten-year-old car? They are, yeah, yeah, the same test. Um, there is no, no leeway. Um, like the NCT test is really the, the minimum standard that's required for on our roads. Yes. So everything has to. Has to uh, has to meet the requirements. Uh, emissions is the only thing that is um, there's a much um, much wider scale on emissions if they're over thirty years old. In fact, even I think it's even less than that. You know, if a car anything pre nineteen ninety five now, the emission levels are are much higher. So right, okay, uh, you're yeah. allowed you're allowed greater emissions. Whereas I mean, cars from nineteen ninety five onwards. Uh, you want you know the equipment of fresh air coming out the exhaust. Yeah, you do actually. But yeah, you are allowed, allowed um, uh, much higher CO, much higher hydrocarbons on an older car. So that is the only, the only um, bit of leeway. leeway that you you get in the NCT. Apart from that, everything else is the, is the same. It's the same test for a thirty-two-year-old car as um, a five-year-old car. Yeah, and do you know what? I know people, and I myself as well. I hate the NCT. Was, for some reason, you you'll be so worried about the car failing, yeah. but you know what? Yeah. I suppose when you look at it, the NCT is a great job because it is actually yeah yeah. Um, back a number of years ago, the cars, a lot of the cars that were on the road, they were just complete dead traps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Most certainly, yeah. People, um, people bought bad cars and they drove them until they got worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like an NCT, you still no guarantee that the car is one hundred percent roadworthy. Yes. They cannot see into every part of the car, and you still need to maintain the car yourself, or at least get um, qualified person to look at the car mm. and maintain it. Yeah. And even when the car is exempt from NCT, you know, it should still be kept to the same it standard. Of course, yeah, it should of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. your car should be capable of passing the NC and NCT. Any day of the week, yes. not just a day of the week. And even even like that, even to pass the NCT, even for your own safety, or the safety of your passengers, or the safety mm-hmm. of someone else out on the road with you. Yeah, oh, for definite. I suppose Trevor, right? We have the car bought, we have the car restored. Where after getting it NCT'd, what do I do now? What, what what's the story with these shows and? carrying a car to an event and all this kind of stuff? Well, generally, you know, if you were insured, you're more likely a member of a vintage club. So yeah. all vintage clubs hold some of some couple of events during the year, be it a static show or a, a road run. Um, so you'll certainly get more notification of your own club doing something. So yeah, you just turn up and enjoy, really. Turn up and enjoy <sighs> and, and sit yeah. in the car. I mean, take, Take the family out, um, yeah. involve the family. You know, if you've got young kids, they really do enjoy it. Um, you know, going to vintage shows and car runs, it is a social thing. It is, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, it's not really, it's not really the, the drive through the countryside is nice, it's part of it. You might end up going to a place or travelling road you haven't travelled before, but it's actually stopping and chatting to people. It is, yeah, and you know, like all the, all the folks listening here know that I'm a, a real, real tractor man at heart, but... Yeah, I, I I'm after I I don't know am I after getting it or buying it or what am I after doing? But I'm after get buying a Triumph Herald. Oh yeah, very so nice. I I kind of looking forward to going to the shows and hey, like, talking to people. People will ask you questions and they'll come up and yeah. they'll tell you, oh my yeah. father had one of them or my mother or my uncle yeah. and like, you you'll make some great friends. Like you'll admit it, Trevor, yeah. and I always admit it. I have made some unbelievable friends through vintage yeah and everyone has and if you're new to the vintage scene and you're first time going to a show or going to a rally and you know no one and you know no one comes over chatting to you the best way to get to get someone to talk to you go around open the bonnet of the car and within <laughs> five minutes there'll be a, there'll be a bunch of heads stuck under the bonnet yeah. and you'll all be chatting yeah, it you know, it's, they're like uh, an open bonnet is like opening a, a pot of jam when there's yeah. uh, rocks around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 People you've never seen before would be under the bonnet looking. Yeah, yeah. Just because the bonnet's been open, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you are driving. Yes. <laughs> be it a Rolls Royce, an E Type Jag, or a Toyota Starlet. Somebody yeah. will stick their head over the bonnet. If you look, if you pull the bonnet, if whatever it is, people think it must be special, and they yeah, all, yeah. they all land over and just yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, in the story. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're a bit on the shy side or you're feeling a bit left out, <laughs> that's your tip now for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the, the that's the inside scoop from Trevor for today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but like it's like I often say here, Trevor, like. I mightn't know your name. I, I mightn't even know where you're from. But, like, I, I, I met you before. You're at the vintage. I know you have a Morris yeah. Minor or a Mark II Escort or a Mark One or whatever, yeah. or Cartina. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Do you know, 
that's it. Mm. That's where I know you from, and we'll speak and we'll talk yeah. at the next show and yeah. everything. That's it. But yeah, the, the social side of things are is great. Um, you know, if you go to actually uh, car shows now, a lot of them are around. You know, some clubs now incorporated with their sort of <laughs> their annual agricultural show or their just their their show for the village as well. And yeah. uh, there's always lots of activities for kids and things as well. So you can bring the family; they get to enjoy. They go into bouncy castles or they yeah. go. And, kick a football through a goal or they go and somebody's usually got pet rabbits and ponies in the corner and they go and look at those and there's something for everybody as well as show so I think you need to include the family because they will possibly be the future vintage people as well yeah oh without a shadow of a doubt people don't think of that yeah you know you mentioned you mentioned their bouncing castles Trevor I have an unbelievable hatred for bouncing castles (laughs) Oh, we all do, yeah. yeah. Oh my God! Every every time we go to a show or anything, I have two kids yeah. and the yeah. bouncing castle, the bouncing castle, the bo- and, and soon, somebody to stay in line them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon, soon, soon. But you look, that's it. It's all yeah. it's all fun. It is, yeah, yeah. It's all but, fun. Uh, no, Kids, kids do actually go enjoy going out and out in the runs too. I find anyway. Oh, they do, the yeah. they do without a shadow of a doubt because. Um, yeah. Yeah, even uh, this car that I'm after getting, um, I don't have it yet, but I'm hoping to get it very shortly, and it, it'll need a bit of work. But like, mm-hmm. I, I even I know it myself, my 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 young fella here, he's eleven, and he's on about it. Like, oh yeah, Dad, we better go yeah. here, and we better go there, and he said we mm-hmm. we, we better go on a picnic. So they 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 have a yeah. picnic planned already down to down to Valinch Island, and we don't even have the car yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's nice. It's nice. There's something to look forward to, and a bit of a, a goal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, a goal. That's my that's my target. It's the the slate quarry below in Flinch Island, folks. In yeah. maybe twelve months' that's time. It. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, by then we might. There might actually be a few places open that you can go and visit. But it's hopefully, not. Hopefully, it's a good idea anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we're short of now. Was the old wicker um, picnic baskets. Yeah, well, I I just bought one the other day. I got it off eBay, actually, and it landed in the post. And uh, my little girl saw it yesterday. And Dad, if it's fine on Sunday, can we take the picnic back and yeah, go for a picnic? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you have to stay within your five miles, Trevor, but you'll be okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll probably uh, pull the mini out of the museum now and we'll go for go for a spin up the road to the top of Borland, where hopefully the sun might be shining. Yeah, hopefully, Trevor. I suppose. I, I nearly forgot about it to be honest, but for our, our, our listeners, I mightn't know who you are. Um, I mightn't have heard you on before with us. You have an f- absolutely fantastic facility below there in um, in Kilgarvan, where you are. You know, I've been down there a few times, and it's some place you could give hours and hours around. You have a fantastic car museum. We do. Thank you very much. Oh no, it's it's just it's brilliant, folks, and like. I said it there at the start, Trevor, before you came on. I, I was down there a couple of times. And I remember one time I went down and I met your father. And yeah. he carried me around to every car. And mm-hmm. he had a story about every car. And where, oh, yeah. yeah. Where he got the car. And yours was brilliant. It was just, yeah. it was just fantastic. And you could, hear, you, could hear the pa- you could hear the passion in his voice for the stories he was telling us and for everything else. Like, and John, for anyone... Well, to see, uh, like you know, mom and dad started collecting. You know, um, they bought the first car I think in nineteen seventy four. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. really there was there was very little interest in old vehicles, especially down this end of the country. You know, in Dublin now there was the Irish Veteran Vintage Car Club, but they were still kind of really only interested in cars kind of before 1940. Um, yes, yes. Uh, the Cork Motor Club as well. They had a little bit of interest, but there was no other clubs really. Yeah. No Cork and Dublin were probably the nearest car clubs. Yeah. So yeah. they collected an awful lot, a lot of cars. Um, they picked up and uh, restored. Yeah. In those days, and uh, you know, mom and dad were founding members of the the kingdom. Oh, uh, Car club as well. So. I didn't actually realize that. No, I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, they were, they were founding was, members of that club. Trevor, I suppose no. Looking back at your at your mother and father, um, and you think, God, they were brilliant. They were they 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 nearly could see into the future, and they collected these these fantastic cars. But I suppose yeah. at the time, Trevor, I suppose people must must have thought they were a bit daft. Oh yeah, without a doubt, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> bonkers. I mean, especially in the condition some most of the cars came home. Um, I mean. You know, it was probably twenty. You know, Dad was collecting for twenty years before he got one that actually drove home. <laughs> Brilliant. You know, most of them, most of them were lucky to have a floor. Never mind seats in them. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, um, turf and hens were evicted out of cars in order to get to get them out to bring them home. And Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, most of them were in very very poor poor condition, but you know, he got them for very very small money because he didn't have a lot at the time anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he picks them up and uh, you know none of them are perfect you know they, you know, look at them now you could say well they all need a, quite a lot of work but they were all saved they were because, all saved you know, if yeah. they hadn't saved them they wouldn't have been saved and Joy some of your cars below then um, your father was showing me when I was below that you kind of I suppose you kept a small bit of a photographic history yes in, in, in the process of restoring some of the cars mm-hmm, we did so that was very uh, interesting. Not, I not that enough, really, but we did. Yeah, and of course, you have a couple of famous cars there. You have is it is it the I can't think of the name of the 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 TV program, um, the Royal. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, there was um, yeah with a it's a Ford hundred E popular, and yeah, it was um some years ago it was used in. Uh, um, couple of episodes of the of the Royal, uh, which was a Yorkshire based nineteen um, sixties uh, uh, TV program yeah. uh, centered around a hospital. But there was an Irish connection, and they came over to uh, down to uh, the Bear Peninsula actually, and to do a little bit of filming. So yeah, we had a couple of, couple of cars in that actually. The, um, the little Ford Poplar London he was dressed up as a Garda car so in fact it still has a Garda sign on the roof of it yeah brilliant yeah and, uh, we also had uh, one or two other cars in the, in the background as well and uh, and a little tractor as well so brilliant brilliant yeah most years we've had we've had uh, some of our cars in various um, television series and films yeah. and going back quite a few years now there would be nothing in recent times but uh, that's yeah, okay. no, it has been used uh, used for for a bit of bit of film work and bit of publicity over the over the years. Brilliant, brilliant. And we said, Trevor, if, if I know you, you're, pro- I presume you're closed at the moment. We are, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've been closed since about October. You yeah. know, we'd only very short a short season this year because we didn't actually open until uh, until August. Okay. So okay. we August, August and September, but. Um, 
yeah, it's, you know, very much down on visitors now yes. uh, last year because, you know, uh, we normally get, um, you know, groups from, you get car clubs and vintage runs and uh, uh, car car clubs from abroad as well as coming to visit and, you know, which we enjoy. We love to, we love to meet other people. We love to see yeah. what other people are driving as well, yes. you know. A club visit to the museum is as much an attraction for us as it is for the visitors. Yeah, because yeah, 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 brilliant. Yeah, they come in and look at our cars and we go up and look at theirs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You show me yours, yeah. I show you mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we're closed at the moment and we're not unsure when we will reopen again, but yeah, hope, hope to be kind of late spring anyway, yeah. early summer, so. And we'll say Looking we, forward to that because we, we, we do miss our, our visitors. Yeah, and if somebody wanted to find you then, we'll say they, okay, they can't travel at the moment, but I, I presume, I, I, think I, well, I think you have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook page, we have a website that's just kind of under construction at the moment, but um, I mean, you put Kilgarvan Motor Museum into Google Maps and it'll bring you to the door anyway. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So, um, yeah, you know, we're only we're only two kilometres from um from Kilgarvan village anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, like I said, I was there a few times and you have mm-hmm. fantastic facility and it's the everything is inside there. Everything. The one yeah. thing the one thing when I go in the door, Trevor, and it's the first thing I always look at. Inside the door, inside the front door on the right hand side, there's a poster, a big poster up in the wall, probably an A two or an A three of Ford and Fords and tractors and cars. Oh and yeah, cars. yeah. That that always <laughs> I always make that off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, you've Model right. T's and there's everything else there as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, um, the last car does does a, you know around thirty five cars in there from nineteen twenty five up to um, up to about nineteen seventy three or four, I think. Um, you know, we have also a few motorbikes with a couple of tractors, lots yeah. of bits and pieces. Um, you know, last year now we did a little bit of rearranging and uh, we actually had quite a large collection of German cars and we started counting them all up. Yeah. <laughs> we've actually, with all, all our German cars now in one section. Brilliant. You know, we've Volkswagen Beetle, we've uh, DKWs, we have um, Porsche, have a... The BMW, I said a bubble car. That's I am actually ad- trying to think of the there's name there to ask you. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an Adler, the Mercedes. So, what's an Adler? An Adler, um, it's a 1930s German car. Oh, right, um, okay. Very, very rare, um, and it's an Irish assembled one. Okay, very good. Actually. They came in in kit form in the 1930s and they were assembled here. They were quite an advanced little car in their day. Um, you know, you know, everything in the 1930s had a separate chassis, but the Adler was all uh, monocoque construction. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was front-wheel drive and it had rack and pinion steering. Yes. They were only small little engine, they were only about a 1,000cc, but uh, a very solid, very drivable little car. Okay, and what do you call them again, an Adler? Adler, yeah. Okay, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. There were companies that um, they were just make motorbikes, uh, but the factory was bombed during the war, and they never they never built any cars after the war. But they continued then um, making um, making typewriters. Oh, brilliant! Okay. People, people are probably going to ask now, what's a typewriter? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. You could explain that one. Yeah, it goes click, click, click. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting car now. I mean, there's only a couple of them surviving in Ireland. Brilliant. Yeah, um, there is about, there's probably about four of them in Ireland. Um, maybe five of them. I think two or three of those are of the original Irish assembled ones. The others have been imported. And where were they assembled at that time, Trevor? They were assembled in Dublin. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. I and one interesting know. story connect, one interesting story connected with those, uh, as they used to came in and kit form in large crates from Germany and on the docks. And uh, when war broke out, you know, anything German like that was kind of a was pretty much impounded the docks and not shipped or not let out to where it want yes. where it was to go to. So after the war anyway, there was still uh, 12 boxes of Adlers at the docks. Yeah. And an enterprising man by the name of Stephen O'Flaherty bought them. And he, assemb- he assembled 11 cars in 1947. Really? Even though they were pre-war cars. And uh, kept one for spare parts and sold them. Yes. And this man, Stephen O'Flaherty, then went on to import the Volkswagen Beetle. Okay, brilliant. And uh, and then build those. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And Ireland was the first country outside of um, outside of Germany to assemble the Volkswagen Beetle. Okay, actually, you know, Trevor, I, I never realised, up until very recently, I suppose, yourself, our, our mutual friend, Dave Corn, and mm-hmm. I actually never realised, and I don't think maybe a lot of the listeners didn't realise, how many cars were actually um, assembled in Ireland? Yeah. You know, it, it, like, there, there, there was a load of them. The Morris Minor, the Volkswagen Beetle, even the Adler, and, and a, lot, a lot more yeah. in between. Yeah, from about the mid-1930s up to 1982, um, the majority of cars that were sold in Ireland were actually assembled here, um, unless it was a extremely rare car or a, a very luxurious car. Yeah. They would have been impossible. They would have, they would have been, like things would be now, to attract a very high import tax. Yes. So in order to um, to make it more affordable, there had to be a certain degree of assembly or manufacture in Ireland. Okay, right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, those American cars, those German cars, those Italian cars, those French cars. Um, like, even go back to the 1960s and 70s, uh, Mercedes were built here. Um Fiat, Toyotas, yeah. Datsun, Daihatsu, um, Renault, um, all the, most of the British cars, you know, Austins and Morrises, yeah. Jaguars. I never realised all of them now. Like, that's a yeah. fantastic. But, like, to me, I suppose on my basic, very basic knowledge of the cars and the Irish car market, yeah. I, I probably would have known Opel. Opel was always yeah. an Irish. And then there was a couple of cars you'd learned there was, you can be correcting me here now, was there a Silver Stream? There oh. was, there was only one that was made. Yeah. That, but that, uh, was, a, that was a one-off car. Um, yeah. All right, that was in about, in about 1910, I think that was built. Oh, Trevor, I'll put you on the spot now, where is it? It's in Ireland somewhere. Yeah. I don't know, um, it is in Ireland because... Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that collection was uh, sold uh, in England many years ago, uh, auctioned in, in England, but the car did return to this country, okay, okay, along with two more cars, so um, I have not seen it since, but uh, I believe it is here somewhere in Ireland, which is great, because, yeah. uh, you know, it's a very important car, you know. 
It is, no, yeah. no, but it's a very important car. Yeah, look it up, folks. It's probably on, on the internet if you went in and type mm-hmm. in Silver Stream. Um, yeah, yeah. You'll probably find it. It's it's a fantastic looking car. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a man who was trying to uh, um, get the same success as Rolls Royce with her Silver Ghost. All right, he okay. Built the car to, you know, as luxurious to, to match it, but it didn't. the price of it was, uh, I think. Um, it was its downfall, really. It was so expensive to to assemble or manufacture. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You're looking, you, you, you have to keep trying. You Trevor, do, yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's kind of it. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you for having me on. No, and Trevor, maybe sometime there uh, later on in the year, if if we get going and if and if this we get out of this lockdown and everything, we might come down to the museum to you and. Um, you can talk us through some of the, the fantastic cars you have there on display. Oh, yeah, certainly, yeah. We'd love to, yeah. 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 Uh, we, might, uh, we might do a programme on that. So, folks, watch out for that. We'll be later on in the year, maybe towards sometime in the middle of the summer, Trevor, if that's OK with yourselves. Yeah, that would be, be great, yeah. We'd look forward to it. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, we, we, we can talk people through what's there. Perfect. Lovely. Trevor, thank th- you. thank you again for coming on. No problem. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you. Well, folks, how are you doing? I hope you enjoy that. Um, I love talking to Trevor. Absolutely love talking to Trevor because he's just, he's a mind of information. Um, he loves what he does. He loves his cars. He, um, he loves all that kind of stuff. And like I said, they have a fantastic, absolutely fantastic facility there below in Kilgarvan. If we get out of this lockdown, which we, we are, and there's no ifs, we are going to get out of it very shortly. Um, get out of this COVID. Go down. It's, oh my God, it's a fantastic, fantastic facility below there. Um, just check it up. He's on Facebook, Kilgarvan Motor Museum, or Google it, into Google Maps, whatever, you'll find it straight away. Um, thank you again, Trevor. Um brilliant brilliant hopefully you'll come on with us again and we'll discuss something else i'd say you could come up with any subject for any subject matter regarding vintage cars for trevor and he could talk to you about them all day long um i suppose for ourselves thanks again um last week we had spoke to uh, machinery pete um from the us brilliant pete thank you again very much um all that is available on the podcasts um, just go into Morgan O'Flaherty Country Life and um, the podcast will come up and like I said we have there's the, the Mercedes tractor there's the Nuffield tractor there's the DeLorean car the Shamrock car uh, the Ford car the Ford tractor all of that it's all there get on there check it out and of course we also have the the YouTube channel um, very easy find go into YouTube and type in Morgan O'Flaherty and I come up there You, I'm, I won't say I'm on the First, I wonder what am I actually? Let me give a quick search. Um, I'm gonna go on to YouTube if we have if we have reception here. Hang on a minute. Bear with me, guys. Uh, O-R-G-I-N, Morgan. Morgan. Oh, Flarty. Let me search it. Um, yeah, and the first one that came up. Brilliant, brilliant. I have 99 subscribers, lads. Come on, who's gonna? Be- <laughs> Who's going to make it a hundred for me? Brilliant, <laughs> folks. That's it for myself. Thanks again to Patrick. Patrick Sheehan. Patrick is the man that puts all this together, and um, 
he knits it all together for us and he keeps it on the straight and narrow, I suppose. Um, thanks for that, Patrick. Guys, that's kind of it for myself. Um, I'm trying to think. I have a couple of bits lined up for next week. Um, I actually don't know where we're going next week. I usually do know. Um, we have a couple of bits lined up. One or two fellas dropped out. They couldn't do it, but they, they might do it next week. So, look, we have... Um, a couple of things lined up so we might we might get going with them um yeah so look, tune in friday morning it'll be a surprise for you and um we'll discuss vintage cars vintage tractors vintage machinery vintage something and um thanks for tuning in guys i hope you're enjoying it as much as i am and um keep safe and keep your two meter distances put on your masks wash your hands do whatever and uh we'll talk to you next friday morning cheers guys thank you bye now you have been listening to Country Life, Morgan O'Flaherty on West Limerick 102 FM. Mm-hmm.